This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Topics on the programme this week include convergence in farming, much reported on recently, but why now has the process apparently been held up? Dairy Gold has this week announced the winner of its malting barley competition after another very keenly fought contest. We hear how women on a dairy farm in Cork are making headlines in this calving season. Safety is and always will be high up on the list of priorities. We hear why it's so important to keep it to the forefront of farming life. And more about MACRA activities across Cork in the coming days and weeks. Farm Talk's John O'Connor will also look at stories making the agri-news this week. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, National Beef Committee Chairman, Mr Edmund Graham claims the pace at which the Beef Task Force is conducting business is far too slow. He's called for greater scope for farm organisations to compel the task force to actually meet. And he contended beef prices have been inexplicably cut in recent weeks and the ICSA is demanding answers to why this has been happening. He went on to say that beef farmers had been left high and dry by the Beef Task Force. He said they were still in the middle of a global pandemic and farmers are also feeding the wrath of Brexit. It's inexcusable we would be left in the dark at what continues to be a perilous time and when the livelihoods of so many beef farmers are hanging in the balance. All stakeholders of the Beef Task Force should be answerable to one another and all stakeholders must have the ability to convene the task force. He believed Mr McConnell has a duty now to introduce a protocol which would arrange for this. As issues arise and farmers are looking for guidance and answers, it's simply not good enough that certain members of the task force could, he claimed, simply run for cover and get away with being answerable to no one. Mr Graham highlighted that farmers and their representatives were being left to stew until it suited the other stakeholder members to meet. Right now, he said, we do not know when that meeting could occur. And even if it's the task force chair, Mr Michael Dowling, the Department of Agriculture or the meat industry calling the shots at this point in time. Ultimately, the buck stops with the minister and he must bring the necessary protocols to bear and call the situation to order. The task force is supposed to be a partnership and it's about time it started operating like a partnership. Part of a statement there from the ICSA National Beef Committee Chairman, Mr Edmund Graham. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, met with Ulster Bank Chief Executive Jane Howard following the bank's decision to start exiting the Irish market. Minister McConnell stressed the need for continued engagement and communication between Ulster Bank customers and staff. In relation to the agriculture sector, Minister McConnell stressed the need for the bank to continue to support the family farm customer. The bank is continuing its involvement in state-backed schemes and in particular investment loans under the Future Growth Loan Scheme, for which there's been great demand from agri-food customers. A new report by economist Atagas this week estimates the average family farm income in Ireland may increase by 3% in 2021. Overall, some price inflation for farm inputs will more than be offset by higher prices for some farm outputs. A previously predicted drop in farm incomes will be avoided due to the Brexit trade deal, but some impediments to trade have emerged, such as customs, product certification checks and rules of origin checks. General market prospects in 2021 reflect a relatively stable outlook in terms of farm commodity prices. Given the Brexit deal now in place, Irish exports to the UK shouldn't change appreciably. Irish Farmers Journal is reporting this week Kerry, Arabon, Lissavard, Drina, Barry Row, Bandon and Borobui all increased their milk price in January. The lift was mostly by 0.5 cent a litre to reflect the better global dairy market prices. While Glanbia dropped the 0.4 cent a litre co-op bonus, they have unconditionally held the January bonus and that shoots them towards the top of the monthly league. Market conditions for beef are reported to be remaining strong due to a number of positive factors. This information came in a statement from the nation's largest farming organisation, IFA. IFA Livestock Chairman Mr Brendan Golden said market conditions for beef remain strong. He said the export benchmark price of €3.77 a kg continued to edge upwards, reflecting beef prices in our key export markets. The IFA National Livestock Committee chairman said the latest published supermarket sales of beef in the UK to the end of January showed continued growth for beef sales both in terms of volume and price. The spend on beef in supermarkets for the 12-month period to 24th of January year-on-year increased by 15.8% and volume increased by 13% combined with sterling strengthening creating favourable market conditions for beef in our export market. He said supplies of suitable cattle were tight. When last week's kill was corrected for finished cattle, the kill was 29,780, which was over 7,000 fewer than the corresponding week in 2020. The corrected kill to date is almost 19,000 animals below the same period last year. Tight supplies of cattle are predicted for the year. Irish throughput is projected to be back by up to 80,000 head for the year and UK Finnish cattle numbers are expected to reduce by 5% compared to last year. Brendan Golden said attempts by factories to undermine the trade with lower quotes are unjustified and are meeting very strong resistance from farmers selling cattle. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Government ministers have expressed regret at the decision of the environmental pillar to withdraw from the Agri-Food 2030 strategy discussions. Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine says Agri-Food 2030 will play a huge role in shaping the future direction of sustainable agri-food sector and it's crucial to have all stakeholders involved. All sides are being urged to recognise that and stay engaged. 
Labour says the decision by the environmental pillar is a cause of concern. Party spokesperson Duncan Smith is calling on the minister to try and resolve matters and ensure Ireland's new agricultural strategy is consistent with the scale of both the climate and biodiversity crises. Irish Wildlife Trust welcomed the independent review of the National Biodiversity Action Plan, which it says highlights serious weaknesses in the state's approach to biodiversity protection. IWT welcomes the recommendation in the next action plan, which will put it on a legal footing to ensure accountability for its delivery in a similar manner to the Climate Action Bill. The report highlights the failure of the state in abandoning its responsibilities to conserve nature and emphasises the need for government policy to be aligned to the goals of the National Biodiversity Plan. IFA and Forest Industries Ireland are calling on Minister Pippa Hackett to act now to address the forest licensing situation if there's to be any hope of revitalising farmer interest in forestry. As the difficulties continue into 2021, there are 4,500 licence awaiting approval in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. The plan to address the backlog has failed to meet its targets. Less than 50% of the output was achieved in January. Minister Hayden has reminded agri-food businesses in Ireland of further changes in trading arrangements with the UK from April 1st. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden TD, has urged food business operators here who export products to Great Britain to prepare for the new health certification requirements which will be brought in by the UK Government on 1st of April 2021. Addressing the 19th meeting of the Consultative Committee of Stakeholders on Brexit, during which a detailed update on the new requirements was provided to stakeholders, the Minister acknowledged the acute nature of the difficulties which lay ahead. He said this is a very significant challenge. His officials will continue to engage intensively with industry in Ireland over the coming weeks to ensure the systems will be in place to provide export health certification on the scale required. Minister Hayden encouraged all businesses to get in touch with the department's dedicated email address as follows brexitcall at agriculture.gov.ie or lowercase or by telephoning the following number 076 106 43 with any Brexit-related inquiries or queries. Detailed advice and resources are also available on the Government of Ireland website at preparing for new UK controls brackets 1st of April, 1st of July, and on the department's website at exporting to the UK from Ireland. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Dairy Gold has this week announced the winner of its malting barley competition after another very keenly fought contest. Liam Leahy, tillage and beef business manager with Dairy Gold, joins me to talk about this year's competition. I suppose it's a competition that's very close to our heart. It's going for a few years now. It has been the highlight of our annual spring tillage conference that we hold every year in January but unfortunately for all the good or wrong reasons you might say we have to abandon that this year but it's uh, an opportunity for the industry for the tillage industry to show what they're really good at and what we do is we identify four of the best growers purely on the quality of the grains that are delivered into the dairy gold intakes during the harvest and we put them forward uh, for adjudication. Now, in any normal year, we send out two independent auditors to look at the whole farming practice on the farm, not in a negative way or a 
you know, in a more constructive way, you know, might say they look at environmental activities, record keeping, good farm safety practices, those type of things, and judge them accordingly and match them up in a measured way. And then we announce a winner from one that's picked from each region. We have four regions. Now, look, Barney, may I say at this stage, there are winners really, they're all really good. And it's, 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 it's only a mark that will be between the, the first and the second and the third. And those that are taking part, well, you mentioned regions there, where these contestants, if you want to put it that way, come from? We have four regions in East Cork and uh, down Middleton, that area. We have representing the Immokile region, the East, the, I suppose we call it the East Cork region, Robert Bateman. Then we go down to South Cork, which would be Kinsale back to south side the city, all the way out ovens. We have another very good grower down there, Martin Quinn, very good grower. Then we go into the Midlands and Mid-Cork area. We have a grower by the name of David O'Gorman of Castletown Roach. Uh, another excellent grower family on the banks of the Blackwater. And we have in Tipperary, South Tip, um, the O'Mara family. Uh, again, a significant enterprise running top quality in Mary's. That's, you know, a fair amount of ground that you'd be covering there in terms of the spread of the contestants and the conditions then that each would have, you know, on their own land, Liam, how different are they? And, and does that come into it then when, you know, when you're trying to decide, you know, who has the best malting barley? Absolutely. I mean, this is the beauty of the competition because each of those contestants has brought a different a different element to the competition. Like, I suppose there's a big, in, big emphasis on returning farm manures and organic slurries back onto the land and use them as a part of the nutritional program. Um, hedgerows in some farms are more dominant than others. If you take David O'Gorman, he's farming on the, on the banks of the Blackwater River right down in Castletown Roach, and that brings another set of challenges. So they all have their own unique challenges and their, their own unique way of dealing with them. So, I mean, there's a, a, ma- a massive variety in the competition, and we try and showcase all those in a truthful fashion and how they deal with them, yeah. And I've no doubt that, you know, the results that you get back from this through the individual contestants, this really informs Dairy Gold going forward. Well, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, in many ways, while this is a competition, there's no point in saying that we're also looking upon them as the farmers, I suppose, the way farming will have to be in the future. In a, in, in a positive and a constructive way now. And, you know, these, any one of these four, you could showcase them in any um, tillage industry in Ireland. And I have no doubt they'll rattle the top of the ladder. Each, each of the four of them, one is just as good as the other. And yes, we do use them as an example of what we're uh, trying to achieve, what the industry is trying to achieve. I mean, you have masters and you have uh, distilling companies looking for this high level of... Uh, perfection as well and i dare say it's there and and always has been there but now we're trying to showcase it with these competitions and liam i suppose we've helped people in suspense long enough now listeners there want to know what the outcome of this was so i let it to you to tell us how it unfolded yeah look it's only pleasure to say it the winner of this year's martin barley competition comes from castleton roach uh, david o'garman he run a 150 acre farm in bridgetown right close up to the river blackwater uh, an example for him in many ways. He's going to represent Dairy Gold with great pride over the next several months. Um, he farms winter barley, spring barley, uh, winter wheat, and some beans uh, as a rotationary crop. It's a committed tillage farm. 
all doing his own work in a nice, controlled and sustainable way. Um, we're very proud to be associated with him, but no more than the other three contestants, because again, Barry, as I said, you could have picked any of the four and they'll, and they'll do the company proud. But yes, David O'Connor is the winner this year. Liam Leahy, Tillage and Beef Business Manager there with Dairy Gold. And congratulations to David O'Gorman. John O'Connor joins me now to discuss the issue of convergence, which has seen the Minister for Agriculture coming in for criticism from the opposition parties for not implementing it. There was a very comprehensive review of convergence and the next cap budget in the Irish Farmers Journal on Saturday, February 20th, and also in the Farming Independent on the 23rd of February. So, John, in the first instance, can we clarify for Farm Talk listeners what exactly convergence is and why has the process apparently been held up? Convergence in the CAP EU farm payments context means the convergence or coming together of CAP payment amounts to farmers under the many schemes funded by Brussels, primarily the BPS basic payment scheme. So does this convergence mean that there would be a flattening out, a decrease in the maximum amount of farmer currently at the very top of the range would receive and an increase in the amount which farmers currently at the bottom would also receive? That's the concept. Harshly, it might be seen as robbing Peter to pay Paul if you're a farmer in receipt of higher payments, which will be reduced to fund cap payments to farmers traditionally in receipt of far lower sums of EU money. And have you any indication of the amounts of EU money which farmers are currently entitled to, in broad terms, the numbers at the top of the range and maybe those at the lower level? In Ireland, there are approximately 800 farmers receiving payments of more than €60,000 and a few more than 100 farmers on payments totalling over €100,000. So for smaller farmers who stand to benefit from convergence, it's a welcome concept But if you're a farmer in the €100,000 plus category whose EU payments will be reduced or redistributed to fund the flattening or the convergence of incomes, it's a concept to be resisted. Naturally, the bigger farm enterprises will argue that in order to compete on a viable scale nationally and on the international export market, Ireland needs large-scale farmers. These farmers would welcome the European Union increasing payments to smaller farmers, but not by reducing their own payments. Could I at this stage refer our listeners to Barry Cassidy's excellent double spread in the recent Irish Farmers Journal, 20th of February, 2021, for a very clear update on the current state of play with convergence. It's written against the background of ongoing negotiations in Brussels on how the €10 billion next farm payments cap budget will be allocated. So has there been any redistribution of EU farm payment monies from the larger to smaller farmers under convergence so far? €100 million has been reshuffled between farmers since Convergence was brought in in 2015. So it's clear there have been winners and losers in Convergence since 2015. Convergence, or payment flattening out, has been a heated issue for Irish farmers since 2015. The initial reforms were actually drawn up by former Irish Commissioner Phil Hogan. It appears the convergence process then has stalled for the moment. Minister McConlug is reported as ruling out any further movement on convergence in 2021. Quote, due to the enormous logistical and operational requirements in the process, the time frame was not available to consider making changes for 2021. End of quote. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Wildlife Act 1976 and Wildlife Amendment Act 2000 prohibits the grubbing or burning of vegetation between 1st of March and 31st of August as a wildlife protection and conservation measure based on the seasonal breeding and nesting patterns for birds and animals, including some endangered species. The IFA wants the Wildlife Act partially suspended this year to allow burning to continue right until the end of March due to the wet weather experienced in January and February this year. IFA National Hill Farming Committee Chairman Mr Flora McCarthy has called on the Minister for Heritage and Electoral Reform Malcolm Noonan to sanction burning of gorse to reduce uncontrolled wildfires. In previous years, concerns been expressed by farmers that their land had been burned in an uncontrolled manner by persons unknown, leaving the landowner open to penalties or prosecution. The IFA Hill Farming Chairman said wildfires we had seen in the past could be avoided if legal burning of lands was allowed to continue for the full month of March. The Irish Wildlife Trust believe the annual burning is unsustainable for wildlife and an improved policy should include legislation which would benefit the landowner and the environment. All plans to burn land should be communicated to the local firefighting service, giving full details of the location, time of burning and estimated time of end of operation. For the moment, the Wildlife Act 1976 and the Wildlife Amendment Act year 2000 prohibits vegetation grubbing or burning from 1st of March to 31st of August inclusive. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A Cork dairy farmer is calling for more women to choose farming as a career and she says she'd be proud for her three daughters to follow in her footsteps. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has been speaking to Paula Hines and her 13-year-old daughter Becky who hit the headlines this week after delivering twin calves by herself on their farm in Aherla. In the first of a two-part interview, Becky tells Fiona about her experiences of farming so far, while Paula tells us what it's like on a busy working farm at calving time. We're up at about 140 calves now, with about another 
I think there is about another 50, 60 left to go. So the, the bad, all the hard work is done, really. How difficult is the calving season? Well, I suppose this year was more difficult for us because we had a tighter calving pattern. We normally wouldn't have calved that volume in such a short space of time. So we knew it was going to happen, so we actually invested in this calf shed this year to make things a bit easier for ourselves and got in a second calf feeder um, to make the calves as comfortable as possible. I suppose there's a lot of long days, late nights, but um, it's always worth it bringing new life into the farm. This year we've decided we're going to keep our calves for at least six weeks. Um, we feel going forward that it is going to things are going to happen that way that's why we invested um, another scalp of money in a new calf shed this year we're keeping them all to six weeks so they'll be bigger stronger calves when we go to sell them um, we do we have a lot of nice beef calves as well any cows that we don't want to breed replacements from they would all get beef straws um, this year we use cemental and herefords and we're very happy with the calves like there's three day old calves there or like month old calves already so they're nice and strong and healthy and a lot of our Frisian bulls then would be high EBI, so we get them all genotyped and a lot of those are pre-sold to a farmer up the country who rears them on and sells them out to England as stock bulls. Make the departure then harder to say goodbye to them? I suppose it will because us, we're deadly, we get very attached to all animals on the farm, but at the same time we are a business and we have bills to pay. And I suppose I'll be a lot happier sending off nice, good, strong, healthy calves off to their new homes. Petting the calves and they're all coming up for a bit of a rub there. They seem full of personality. Every single calf has their own personality, believe it or not. They all have um, their real characters. Every single one of them are different. I know people will find that very hard to believe, but it's the same with the cows. They all have their own little quirks and all their own little things. They're all completely different. Like we have a Cree in here, we have a Bambi, we have a Peanut... We have a Kamala, a Biden, a Shamrock, um, then a lot of the cows would have names as well. Becky, um, yeah. Becky, you uh, have really hit the headlines this week after you delivered two calves. What is it that you love about the farm here? Well, mainly I just think I have a great passion for agric- like, and agriculture and the stock. Like For Christmas I got two um, Holstein heifers for showing because I just love the animals and bringing new life into the world. Mainly for showing because that's what I do for the summer months and also just to try something new on the farm. Like we don't have them, we just have the British regions, they'd be a bit smaller and stockier and like the, Hol- the Holsteins I got would be a lot taller and like they need triple the feeding. So it's something different to experiment with. Would you like to follow in your mum's footsteps and become a farmer? Yeah, definitely. I think after school I'll probably go to college and study business with agriculture and then travel around the world and experience a bit of farming somewhere else and then come home and do my own bit of farming. Would you like to kind of do a different type of farming? Like, are there changes that you think could be brought in? You know, you're a young person, you're 13, is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, like, is there changes that you'd like to make to the, the way we, we do farming here in Ireland? I don't know, to be honest. I just think that even at my age, like, even in school, I'm told that I shouldn't be a farmer and, like, that I just should be at home even though I'm only 13, that like when I'm older I shouldn't be farming, which I don't think is right. Like Jobs and stuff aren't made to suit a specific gender. Like They're just for people to do. And like I think anything a, woman, a man can do, a woman can do. Like So I just think people need to be more openly minded about farming and agriculture, that everyone can do it. Becky and her mum Paula Hines of Aherlis speaking to our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. Sharon O'Mahony of Tagus joins us on Farm Talk to discuss farm safety. Sharon is Tagus Cork East Education Officer. 
We begin by reflecting on the statistics for 2019 and 2020, where 19 people lost their lives in farm-related accidents in each of those years. Farming remains the most dangerous sector in Ireland, according to the Health and Safety Authority. Farm-related fatalities account for about 50% of the deaths that occur across all work sectors, and farming only accounts for just 6% of the workforce. From an age perspective, we're still seeing a disproportionate number of older farmer deaths. Nine of the victims in 2020 were over the age of 65, which translates to approximately 50% of the farm deaths that occurred in 2020 occurred to people who, in other or any other walk of life, they'd be retired and enjoying life. But of greater concern is the three deaths that occurred to children under the age of 18 in 2020. And undisputably, the farmyard is a unique working environment. Very often the family home tends to be in the middle of it. Children are around all the time. And I suppose particularly in recent months with the closure of schools. And this may have contributed to the three childhood farm fatalities in 2020. Figures show that 75% of childhood fatalities are as a result of interacting with tractors and farm vehicles. For example, being crushed by or trapped under, rolled over, struck by or even falling from a vehicle or a farm machine. Children who've been given spins and tractors have been shown to be at particular higher risk of being killed because they're more likely to be around the yard waiting for just such an opportunity for another spin. I suppose on a more positive note, the three-year rolling average shows a decline in the number of fatalities in the 18 to 65 age category, which is somewhat encouraging. The number of non-fatal accidents as well is a concern. I think the figure that you've given me there is something in the region of two and a half thousand. And of course, the injuries that result from this are often serious. So that too must be a concern, Sharon. And let's not forget that this figure of 2,500 annually is well underreported. And that the actual figure, if you take all the incidents that go unreported, the near misses, the slips, the trips, the falls, it's actually much higher than two and a half thousand Just to mention briefly, some research done on serious accidents on Irish farms revealed that a third of the accidents or incidents involved children and people over the age of 65. I've already alluded to those categories. So a third of these serious accidents happened to people under 18 and over 65. While the research is based on data provided by a major trauma audit and it covers the years 2014 to 2016, it does record a total of 430 patients as having sustained major trauma in the form of life-threatening or life-changing injuries as a result of an incident on a farm over that three-year period. Drilling in a little deeper, in terms of how children sustain these serious injuries, a third were as a result of a blow, 26% due to a vehicle, and 19% as a result of a fall from less than two metres of height. Similarly, the research shows that falls from less than two metres makes up almost a third of the incidents in patients in the audit over 65 years of age. And we would normally think that it's the summer months and the holiday period, but of course everybody's lifestyle has changed somewhat. I suppose the potential for accidents has increased significantly. And the bottom line is that children require adult supervision at all times if they're anywhere in the farmyard. Under no circumstances should a child under the age of seven be carried inside the cab of a tractor or a self-propelled vehicle. Children between the ages of 7 and 16 may ride on a tractor provided the tractor is fitted with a properly designed and fitted passenger seat with seat belts inside a safety cab or frame and the children as passengers are made wear the seat belt at all times. 
Interestingly, and probably something that a lot of people would know, is that the minimum age that a child can actually legally drive or operate a tractor is 14 years of age. Gives you scope for thought, doesn't it? Then only allowing for approved training where the seat and controls have been adjusted and obviously under direct supervision of a competent adult at all times. But it's frightening to think that a 14-year-old could legally drive one of those tractors that we see coming down the road against us at speed. Speaking on 23rd of February 2021, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, announced the recognition of the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation as an EU producer organisation, IIMRO for short. Announcing recognition of the IIMRO as a producer organisation, Minister McConnellogue said that in the programme for government, they had committed to supporting the inshore fishing fleet in generating greater marketing and promotional capacity by facilitating the establishment of a producer organisation for these smaller fishing vessels, thereby providing additional opportunity for the island and coastal communities involved in the inshore fishing sector. Minister McConnell pointed out that in the year 2020 his department had put in place new recognition criteria to be satisfied by producer groups seeking recognition as an EU producer organisation and these were designed in particular to make it easier for inshore fishermen to achieve recognition. He was now pleased to approve the first inshore fishing producer organisation which focuses on our offshore islands. He anticipated that further inshore producer organisations may soon follow. Part of a statement there from the Minister for Agriculture, Mr McConnellogue, announced the recognition of IIMRO as an EU producer organisation, representing the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Level 5 COVID restrictions will continue until at least the 5th of April, according to the Living with COVID plan produced by the government. A limited amount of essential construction work will continue on farms under level five. It must be animal welfare related, such as milking parlours and calf sheds. The delivery of essential services to farmers, fishermen and the food and forestry sectors has been prioritised by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine throughout the course of the pandemic, including services such as export certification, scheme payments and protocols to allow March services continue on a limited and controlled basis. Douglas confirmed the telephone helpline to assist with queries in relation to COVID issues has reopened for all farmers. It provides farmers with advice on the range of issues they might face as they continue to do essential work in maintaining the food supply chain. The coming months are amongst the busiest periods on the farm and Tiagas conscious of the extra demands the current restrictions are placing on farmers. The helpline is staffed by experienced Tiagas advisors and open to all farmers to help them with day-to-day issues. The information line number 35376 3533. It's open 9.30am to 1pm and 2 to 5pm Monday to Friday. As always, the Tagus website, tagus.ie, a prime source of information on all issues facing farm businesses. Tagus clients can continue to use their advisors' mobiles and office numbers to contact them as usual. IFA, meanwhile, continuing to improve the way in which it communicates with members during the pandemic, as President Tim Cullinan explains. Just to say a few words on the communication. Uh, it's been excellent uh, what we've achieved this year, despite uh, the restrictions that was around us. And um, uh, even with the WhatsApps, I think it's it's a great way of getting the message out into our members, you know, right down to... Um, 
member of a branch right up to myself. And you know, there is work going on behind the scenes on, on further developing that as well. So in, 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 in the months ahead, we hope to be able to get right down into our members, you know, get further down and, and get as many members as possible you know, on a system that we can reach out to them at the press of a button. And um, you know, I, think, I think in today's world, it's very useful so that we can we can we could organise a meeting now at any point in time and draw you know, if we had a uh, an MEP or a commissioner or whoever you know, be able to get them on and um, you know it's important you know, that in fairness our IT staff here the amount of time and 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 work has been put into this and uh, you know we're well ahead of of most other groups on on the social media side and and the technology of, of being able to reach out for members and all and um, I think it's been a great help to us all during during these trying times. A reminder, Kildalton College virtual open evening for prospective applicants to its Level 5 and Level 6 courses in Agriculture, Horticulture and Equine take place on Thursday, March 4th, 6pm for Horticulture, 7 o'clock for Equine Studies and 8pm for Agriculture. Join the open day, register at tagisk.ie for the course of most interest. Current pandemic restrictions prohibit potential students from visiting Kildalton College for a tour and it's hoped the virtual open day will still provide lots of information about the courses and college life. Local Enterprise Week events have been confirmed for County Cork businesses and run from Monday through to Friday next week. Cork County Council's LEO will host its third annual Agritech Conference next Wednesday, looking at the Agritech revolution in farming and food with contributions from local and international experts. This year's conference will focus on emerging technologies and research the event is free for attendees and exhibitors who can register online by visiting localenterprise.ie forward slash South Cork. Time now to hear from Makra in Cork again this week. And Lena O'Donovan of Kinsale and Shandoon Makra joins us. Kinsale remains to be a very active Mockra Club and we are continuing to do our best to stay in touch and keep our members busy despite COVID restrictions. While regular meetings, events and competitions are unable to go ahead in person, we have moved our events online. If you are interested in joining Kinsale Mockra or your own local club, search for us on Facebook or Instagram, drop us a message or alternatively you can affiliate through the National Mockra website at www.mockra.ie. Kinsale Makra held a bingo night on Zoom last week with donations from the night going to Kinsale Youth Support Services. We were delighted to raise over €850 for the charity. Kinsale Youth Support Services promote positive mental health and offer support to individuals and families struggling with challenging circumstances. We in Kinsale Mocker understand what a challenging and difficult time it has been for people from young to old and we can't praise KISS enough for the great work that they do. Remember to take care and help is there. Moving to Shandoon News, we are on week three of our Couch to 5K challenge. We have 34 participants from across the country taking part with people of all levels of experience and fitness. We hope to be able to run five kilometres by April and we are looking forward to running together once restrictions are lifted. We've been very active throughout February and we also took on a planking challenge where we do a plank each day, extending our time and hoping to reach five minutes by the end of the month. We will move to a new challenge in March and anyone looking to join from Shandoon or any other county, region or club can drop us a message on the Shandoon Facebook, Instagram or Snapchat accounts. 
In McKinley Mocker, YFDG are hosting an upcoming talk with Herdwatch on the 3rd of March at 8.30pm on Zoom. Learn how the app can help you to keep on top of your farm documentation. For more information on how to join, contact Imokili Makra. The time of the year has come where nominations are being taken for National Makra President, along with nominations for the three Vice President roles. We would like to extend our support and best wishes to all the candidates, but especially to Cork girl Anya McCarthy of Imokili Makra, who has declared her intention to run for the role of Munster Vice President. Ballot papers will be issued on the 17th of March, with the election count set to take place on Wednesday the 7th of April. We also encourage everyone to check out the hashtag MetInMakra on Facebook to see stories from lots of couples who have started relationships having met through Makra Nafirma. The National Talent Competition is back online this year with seven different categories from solo singing, dancing and instrumentals to novelty acts, ballad groups, mastermind and the new TikTok Dance Challenge. Entries must be pre-recorded and sent to makraNTC at gmail.com prior to Friday the 26th of March. Finally, UCC Makra will hold a bingo night on Monday as part of their Makra Mondays. Anyone interested can contact, contact UCC Makra Nefirma Society or Shandoon social media pages. Well done to UCC on hosting a very successful Father Ted quiz last Monday. Next week, Ashling O'Keefe, Cork County PRO, will be here to discuss what will be happening in preparation for Cork County Mockra's upcoming 70th anniversary celebrations. Until then. Thank you, Lena O'Donovan of Kinsale and Shandoon Mockra. Sharon O'Mahedy of Tagus joins us briefly again with a reminder about an upcoming event that they have. I've been asked to give a mention to Jonkis Cork West Sheep webinar on pre-lambing nutrition and lamb management that's taking place Wednesday, March the 3rd at 8pm. Speakers are Michael Gottstein, who is Head of Sheep KT, and Michael Connolly, who's the Chagas Drystock Advisor in Skipperin. And if anybody wants to get details of the webinar, contact Julie in the Skipperin office on 028 The IFA has announced a new regional staff structure for Munster. William Shorto has been appointed as a senior regional executive for Munster. William has over 15 years' experience in IFA as a regional executive, working with IFA Countryside and as health and safety executive. Carol Kassan has been appointed as regional executive for Cork and Kerry. Carol has a degree in business studies. He worked off-farm for a number of years, qualifying as an accountant and a tax advisor. He is a 2018 Nuffield Scholar and returned to farm in Kerry in 2013. Recently, Carol has been involved with the online platform Agri Insider, running farm webinars and events. Oshin McGlynn has been appointed as Regional Executive for North and South Tipperary, Limerick and Clare. Oshin has a degree in Agricultural Science from UCD. He is currently working as a dairy advisor with Chagaskin Wexford, where he leads discussion groups and works on farm schemes. Prior to that, he worked with Chagaskin Limerick and in Kilkenny. He completed a Walsh Scholarship Masters with Chagaskin UCD in 2019. The new regional staff members will take up their positions in March. IFA Director of Organisation, Mr James Kelly, has welcomed the appointments to the Munster region. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. 
Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.